Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is myself, Danny Bove. Uh, I decided to do an episode on myself uh, for the, the listeners who might not know who I am really or are kind of curious of how I got myself into the fire service. Um, so I figured that this would be a good episode where I could let um, individuals know a little bit of information about myself and um, how I got to the greatest thing I call the fire service. So um, here we go. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in uh, Spring Valley, New York, in Rockland County. Uh, and um, we'll fast forward a little bit there. I'm not going to go through all the hoopla <laughs> of all that. But um, <clears throat> in order to graduate high school um, at the time in New York, you needed community service hours. So uh, my mother's friend actually told her, hey, have him go to one of the local fire stations and uh, have him like, clean whatever that needs to be cleaned and he can get his hours like that to graduate so my mom was like hey just go down to the fire department and uh, tell them that you need community service hours and you're good to go from there so one day I uh, went down there uh, knocked on the door somebody came to the door and um, I told them hey you know I was I'm I'm here for uh, community service hours to graduate high school and they were like okay so they uh, handed me an application and I took it back home filled it out uh, a couple days later, dropped it off, and I was told, hey, um, we'll call you in about a week or so and uh, for you to come back. And I was like, all right, cool. So I dropped it off. I think a week, week and a half went by. I get a phone call uh, telling me to be here or be at the fire station on a Monday night. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. So show up, <clears throat> walk in, and uh, they're like, hey, just sit here. Um, we'll call you into the meeting room here shortly. Like I said, I'm oblivious. I'm a 18 year old kid, just you know, going about life. So um, I waited in the room, and uh, they called me out. A couple minutes later, I walk into this big room. There's a decent number of guys in there, and I I, I introduced myself, and um, I forgot who it was, but somebody was like, "Hey, this is Danny Bavay." requesting a vote for membership and um they were like you know all who oppose and all who approve and all that good jazz and i was approved on and so you know i was shaking hands with people still not knowing still oblivious of what i got myself into so they walked me outside they're like uh you've been approved for membership um you know come back on this day and we'll get you fitted for gear i was like all right cool Went home a couple days later. Go back, and uh, I'm in a. I found myself in the room in a room where like I'm like oh looking at all these you know turnout gears. I'm like oh okay, and they're like hey try this on. Try on some pants, a little bit too big to find me the right one. Try a jacket on, it's a little too big, but I finally find the right one. And then it finally clicked. Like, what's going on here? So I asked the guy. I was like, hey man, um. Well, what am I getting gear for? And they're like, oh, that application that you uh, filled out, that's an application for membership. And I was like, oh. And they're like, welcome to a rock and hook a ladder. And I was like, okay. 
So I got my gear that night, uh, my helmet, my pager, my uh, uh, charging station for the for the minute or pager, and uh, they gave me a little brief course of uh, you know the gear and all this stuff, what they do, and I was intrigued. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Um, and so we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, I totally loved it. Uh, once they showed me what the fire service was, what they do, teaching me about SCBA, my gear, the truck. I mean, it was, I fell in love with it. Uh, luckily there was a couple of us in, in my high school that I attended that were, uh, on the same department. So like we'd see each other in the hallways, uh, and talk about, hey, did you hear this call that went out? Because we were allowed to have our pages on. I mean, the teacher was like, as long as it's not, um, you know, interfering with class and everything. And, like, as long as you were a decent student, they didn't mind. So, you know, I was able to keep my page on and listen to some calls and stuff that came out. Uh, after that, um, I found myself surrounding... I found myself surrounding myself with really good individuals. And I will say the fire service back then when I was in high school kept me out of a lot of trouble. Uh, soon as school was done, I was straight to the firehouse to do my homework. Whether I could find a ride or I got home and rode my bike or walked, I did it. I was there all the time. You couldn't keep me away. I was there learning, running calls. And um, <clears throat> me not knowing anything, being the first one in my family that I, I'm pretty sure that I'm aware of that's, that got into the fire service, uh, I surrounded myself with people like Kenny and John Conjura, which I'm sure you've, by now, you have probably have heard uh, John Conjura's episode with uh, Eric Sitch. But Kenny and John Conjura, man, I remember watching these dudes uh, on calls, training people up. On how to stretch hose, search, forcible entry. I mean, they they have a long family history of men in the fire service. So it was it was just awesome to see these dudes work. And then I had individuals like um, uh, Eric Mann, his brother Kippy, um, Scott Maya, uh, trying to Larry Bolson. Um, Eddie Mann, EJ, guys like that, man, senior guys that would, you know, teach me about the rig and, uh, things of that nature, you know, and back then it was, you, you, you listened to what the senior guys had to tell you. You only ask, you, you ask questions if you didn't understand, but just listening to these guys talk, it was, it was amazing because, and I'm not trying to boast about the department, but if you know anything about Rockland County, Spring Valley was the number one fire department for structure fires. Uh, it was dubbed home of the Signal 12, which in Rockland County, is Signal 12 is a confirmed working fire. And we went to a lot of fires. Uh, second after us was Hillcrest, a uh, neighboring department just down the street. Awesome, good group of dudes. Um, technically, I should have joined Hillcrest Fire Department. They were a lot closer, but... Uh, I think because where Rockland Hook and Ladder was close to my mom's church, it was just one of those like, okay, my church is there, bam. So it is what it is. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll fast forward a little bit further. Um, uh, a thing called 9-11 occurred. 
and uh, it changed a lot of dynamics for a lot of people. Um, we unfortunately lost our neighbor, who was like a second dad to me and my sister, because we were very close to their siblings and their mom. Uh, he uh, passed away on 9-11. He worked uh, for the Department of Taxation and Finance on the 86th floor. I cannot remember which tower. But um, after that, it affected my dad's limo business pretty, pretty uh, hard. And so, you know, he had a cousin that lived in Charlotte. And so I remember he was like, hey, we're going to take a trip down to Charlotte just to look around and stuff like that. And I had just started community college school. Uh, I was going to school for film. And so uh, <clears throat> I remember my dad came up to me after like a month or so. And he's like, hey, me and your mom, we're moving to Charlotte. Uh, there's a better opportunity down there for us, a little bit easier cost of living, things of that nature. Um, I'm not telling you you have to go with us, but um, if you want to go, you can. But if you want to stay here, you can too. And uh, without a second, well, I mean, without even a second notion, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. And so we moved down to uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. Uh, and um, the first thing I had to do once we got settled in our home was I had to find a volunteer department. And uh, luckily, I was able to find uh, a department pretty close uh, named uh, Shepherd's Volunteer Fire Department. And I always found it funny because um, <clears throat> it was the same initials as my old department, SVFD. So I was like, oh, kind of like how symbolic. But it was a big culture shock. Uh, it was a massive station, a lot bigger than what I was used to. But one thing that uh, I remember walking in the bay, looking around the trucks, uh, there was a guy there, and I was like, hey, um, what's up with this truck over here? And he's like, what's wrong with it? I was like, it's only got two doors. Looks like it only fit two people. And he's like, yeah, uh, it's a commercial cab truck. Uh, it's a, like a tanker. So, yeah, w we can only take a driver and one fireman on it. And I was like, interesting, because I had never seen that, because back home, every department had custom trucks. Uh, so, like, it was, you know, trucks where you could fit more than two people on there. But um, it was a busy, a busy uh, f volunteer fire station for sure. Uh, had a lot of good dudes, a lot of career guys on there. Um, Charlotte guys, uh, Mooresville guys, um, Concord guys. Like it, it was definitely a, a good group of individuals, very knowledgeable people. And um, I uh, surrounded myself, like I said, with good people again. And I learned the ropes of uh, <clears throat> how... Uh, they did business. Uh, one big transition for me was um, the fact that they were first responders. Back home, we were not first responders. I mean, the fire department really didn't go to anything EMS related unless like requested. And even that was, you know, very few far in between. So like back home, our department ran over a thousand calls and they were straight fires, fire alarms, fire type calls, car wrecks, things of that nature, no medical services. That was provided by the county back home. So uh, I was kind of thrown into that like, hey, if you want to run more of these calls, it's best if you go get your uh, your EMT. So I was like, okay. So that was a little bit of a, a, a culture difference. Um, on a side note, a funny thing, um, being back home, uh, as a volunteer, we ran blue lights. You know, blue lights was for volunteers, and you know, you're just re requesting the right away. You weren't demanding it back then. 
And so when I moved down here, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know any better. Uh, I kept my blue light with me. And I remember I was at home, we got a call. And so I responded to the station and I was like, man, uh, these cars, man, they, they move out the way for you. And uh, I get to the station and there was one guy there and, you know, we were just talking because, uh, you know, I was just getting, I was getting uh, acquainted to everybody. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, did you run, did you run code to the station? And I was like, yeah, I had that little light on my dash there. Um, yeah, I had it. He was like, did you use that light? I was like, yeah, so it's the only one I got. And he was like, uh, do you know what that light means? And I was like, a volunteer light? And he's like, no, blue is for police down here. And I was like, oh, he's like, you need red or white. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, that would explain why, like, cars a good length away were just pulling over. And he was like, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't pass a cop because you would have gotten pulled over and could have gotten in some serious trouble and like i said i didn't know and he realized like i didn't know because nobody told me what color of uh, emergency lighting i should have but i found it funny you know it was like me here responding to the station in a maroon nissan altima people are probably like man the cops are stepping their game up with these undercover vehicles um <clears throat> so you know lessons learned and I got myself a, uh, a a proper volunteer light, and I retired that blue light um, back back then. Um, so I got on Shepherds uh, during that transition. I was also going to school part time, and I had a part time job. And you know, I still, like I said, I had my pager on with me. Uh, I'd listen to calls, and whenever I wasn't working at the uh, at the time, I was working at uh, I worked different jobs. I worked at Lowe's Hardware for a little bit. And then after that, I uh, transitioned and worked at Sherwin-Williams for a while. And the Sherwin-Williams gigs wasn't bad. I, I was a delivery driver. Uh, I was in the store sometimes, but a lot of times I was out delivering uh, paint to job sites and going to other stores and picking it up. And I loved it because I was pretty much on my own. So, like, it was great. I did my job, and my boss was really cool. But, uh, you know, I... I learn the area there, you know, driving paint routes, and I'd pass different volunteer stations, uh, Cornelius, Mount Morn, and I was like, oh, okay, this is where this place was, uh, East Lincoln, things like that, and uh, on my off days, though, I would I would always go to the firehouse, and uh, back then, they started transitioning where they had part-time staff. It was still volunteer, but during the day, we had at least two guys working, and so I would always go up there on my days off, and I would dress like they would dress, and I would do everything they would do. The only exception is I just I just didn't get paid for it, and I didn't really care to get paid for it because back home we didn't get paid to be a volunteer. When you're a volunteer, you were truly a volunteer, and that was another thing I learned coming down here was they paid you per call, and like that was new to me. So like at the end of the year before Christmas, they cut you a check for you know like. You can use it for gas money or whatever extra. Uh, if, if you had kids, you know, Christmas stuff. But they're like, here, here's your check. And I'm like, a check for what? And they're like, for all these calls you respond to, um, you know, this is what we do to, to like as an incentive to help out. And I mean, it, it's very nice. It's, it's, you know, greatly appreciated, very generous. But I wasn't used to that. But um, I don't know. I probably did that for a year, two years, two and a half years of just... Anytime I was off of my main job and not going to school, I was just up there. I'd show up at 7 and leave at 4 or 
eight and leave at five, just like the guys that are working there. And then, you know, I, I guess it kind of caught the attention of some people. Some people might not have liked it. They thought I, I was maybe just, you know, ass kissing or something like that. But I mean, I, I truly, I truly loved doing it. So um, <clears throat> I was approached uh, like, hey, you know, would you, and during that time I was getting my classes, my, uh, my firefighter one and two, uh, uh, apparently I don't think any of my stuff transferred. So I kind of have to go through everything again, which wasn't really a big deal. Um, uh, unfortunately I had to go through EMT twice. Uh, I didn't uh, apply myself the first time and you know, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't apply myself the first time. I didn't, I didn't make the first cut, but I was able to get it the second round. But during that time, you know, I was getting everything I needed and, um, uh, the guys that worked there, uh, some of them were captains, you know, really like we're looking at it like, man, this this guy comes up here and nobody's telling him he's got to do this. He's doing the same stuff we're doing. He's just not getting paid for it. And, you know, uh, a, a spot opened up and I, I was able to officially like work there part time. So it was it was awesome, uh, you know, going up there and, and putting in the work. And so uh, I remember uh, a guy by the name of Lance Pewitt who was working up there. Uh, he was like, hey, um. He was a career captain at Morsel. He was like, Morsel's getting ready to hire a pretty decent sized number of people for their station four, I believe it was at the time. And uh, he was like, you should apply. And I was like, I could do all this, like what I do when I was volunteering and now working part-time, like full-time. And he was like, yeah, everything you're doing now, yeah, we that's what we do. And we just run, you know, a couple more calls and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, absolutely. Uh, back then I was... I was always tall, but I was skinny. I was like, what, a buck 20, a buck 25. So he kind of walked me through what Mooresville's agility test was. And I tell you, and I'm not boasting, but that, the agility test back then, anybody that's listening to this now who's a Mooresville fireman will tell you the agility test that they used to give, that was a damn test. It was full gear, breathing air. You had several different, um, obstacles and courses you have to complete and you have to do it in a in a specific time and uh you know i i had to prepare for that test the and i think the last obstacle or event was like the drug the dummy drag and that drag uh yeah dummy was the dummy was heavier than me so uh i worked on um lance showed me some skills on how to pick it up and 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 get it but uh i remember the day of <clears throat> i walked in there I showed up at station one, signed in, you know, there was a, a bunch of people there, um, and, uh, I was nervous as hell, I was, I was nervous, I sat in my car for a little bit, heart pounding, and at the time, I, I looked at my watch, and it was like, all right, time to walk in, I checked in, and then, you know, I put all my stuff on, and once I got going, I was good, but at the end of that test, like, you were spent, like, I remember I, I got done, they told me I passed, they would contact me later, I went home and I crashed, but I had to sit in my car for a little bit just to get my bearings because I was, I was gassed. It was a damn test. That was a test for sure. Um, but luckily I remember I was at work, uh, my full, at my, my real job, uh, Sharon Williams and, uh, I get a phone call and, uh, it was the, the fire chief and he was, or I think it was the assistant chief. One of them. It wasn't the fire chief. It was either assistant or deputy who called and was like, uh, hey, uh, Danny, this is such such. Uh, I, I'd like to offer you a job, and I, I'd like to know if you take it. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, let's go. And uh, 
I got off the phone and I walked in with a huge smile on my face. And my I told my boss at the time, like, hey, this is what I was doing. Because, I mean, he saw how much love I had for it. And uh, I told him, I said, hey, man, I, I just got the call. They offered me a full-time gig. And I was like, I'm just going to tell you, like, this this my this my two week notice and he was like hey man I'm I'm good like congratulations he was he was happy for me and I was happy and I got home and told my parents and uh, we were recruit class number one uh, a good group of guys and uh, it was at the time they wanted to hire people that had pretty much everything really they, and they just gave us a a month tutorial of how they do things but it was a good time. Uh, I'll never forget, um, <clears throat> I've never really been in a situation where like, uh, I guess like being around a bunch of people doing the same activities, I remember, you know, we would do PT in the morning and then before we get in the classrooms, we'd have to go shower and I'll never forget it. I, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I got to go shower with like a bunch of dudes. Like, this is... You know what I mean? Because when you're not used to it, you, you just shower by yourself. I've never been on a, a football team or something like that. I've been on basketball, but never where like we 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 would have to shower at the end. I mean, it was just different back then. But uh, yeah, I remember feeling nervous as shit, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And uh, I looked over. I think his name at the uh, was Justin Cagle. Uh, he, he used to be a motor fireman. Uh, he he now does. Um, uh, He's uh, the owner of Fully Involved Leatherworks. And uh, I was like, hey, man, are you, you going to take a shower, right? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, are you going to wear your boxes? And he was like, no, why would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, like just trying to play it off. <laughs> like I was just, you know, just making conversation or whatnot. But uh, it was one of those, you know, social barriers I had to break because, you know, I've, I've never really I've, I've done that. But. I remember a guy by the name of Andy Andy Orphandikus, and um, God rest his soul. He he passed away uh, a, a couple of years ago from um, COVID complications. But Andy walked in there and he he let it he let it loose. He let it fly, and he was singing and he was all soap soapy and lathered up, and you know he he made me feel comfortable. So. That's one of the aspects about the fire service is is making each other feel comfortable. You know, when someone's not comfortable, uh, putting them at ease. Uh, so we go through our month-long recruit class. I was able to uh, successfully pass, and uh, they always asked where I wanted to go. And at the time, Engine 1 downtown, that, 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 was, a, that was a good ride. You know, if you saw, you saw a lot of uh, medical calls, a decent number of fire duty. So that's where I wanted to go, and I was able. I was fortunate to go there. Um, I'm pretty sure I can still say to this day, I was there for six straight years as a firefighter, and I don't think I'm pretty sure. If we go through the records and look, but I'm pretty sure no other firefighter has been there for more than six years. But I was there for six years straight under different captains. I. Went to a boatload of medicals, a good number of fires. I learned a lot. And I learned a lot from the different people that I worked with. Um, so while I was doing that, I was still working at Shepherds. So, you know, I was just, I was doing the fire thing, man. Single, living at home, saving up money, just working fire department here, fire department there. And, uh, yeah. Until finally, after like six years, I'm like, you know what? I want to transition and go somewhere different. 
And so I put in a transfer request and, uh, I, I went to, I went to a couple different stations and, uh, I would implore anybody. I mean, unless, unless you're at a station you want to hundred percent stay at, it's always good to get out of your comfort zone and learn different areas, learn different, uh, territories, uh, within your, within your jurisdiction and whatnot. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm currently a, uh, senior firefighter, uh, on tower ladder six at station six, our newest station right now. Um, I was on an engine for 15 years. Um, I love it. And I know there's a lot of banner back and forth between truckies, rescue guys and engines, you know, it's all, and it's all good and fun, but I mean, you, you got to respect the, the engine work. Cause you know, without, without good hard charging engine guys the fire doesn't go out and you got to respect the truck guys because i can tell you um after transferring to the truck i went uh to my first conference uh and learned a lot about the trucky side and how different body mechanics how you're using different uh, muscle groups uh when you do that kind of work and um yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Like, and it's always good to get out of your comfort zone because I was never really a big heights guy. I'm not gonna say I'm I'm like a hundred percent like oh you know that doesn't bother me, but it comes a point where you got to um, you got to come to terms with not letting things beat you down or 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 keep you away from exploring different options you, you got to open your mind to things and so uh and everybody knew that I was very open about it i mean you know i'm not one to sugarcoat anything I, i'm, a, I'm I, I like to keep it real i like to keep it a buck with people and so like if, if there's something i don't like I'm, I'm gonna tell you i'm not one of those firemen that that hides behind a bravado that i know everything and i'm tough and all this other good stuff like no i'm, I'm human and you know there's things i like and i don't like but as you grow, there's things just like, I don't want this situation to hold me back. And so, um, I put in a transfer and I got it and I love it. I mean, I love doing, we're not a true truck company. It's a quint. We have a first due area. We have 300 gallons and hose. So I'm still getting to do engine work, but I'm also incorporating ladder work with it as well. Um, <clears throat> and so we can fast forward to, um, where I can say in my career, I finally hit a wall. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I hit a wall where I just, um, I don't know, I just felt like I, I'd go to work and I'd, I'd see like the station in, in, in a bit of a mess or I'd see the truck in a bit of a mess and it, it just like, it started bothering me. It started bothering me pretty bad. And up until then, I've always felt the way I felt. I just wasn't really vocal about it because, you know, as you're younger, some of us don't really want to create too much waves. I'd always speak my mind if somebody if somebody asked me a question. I'm definitely going to tell you that, whether you want to hear it or not. Because, like I said, I, I'm not fake. I like to keep it genuine with people. If, if, if I'm going to call you my friend or you're my friend, if you ask me something, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you good advice you would hope a friend would would give you but i hit a wall where man i just i felt like nobody cared nobody like gave a shit on 
like the way the station should be, the way the truck should be presented, and all that. I, I firmly believe all that came from my my short my short two years up north on on Department Seventeen, man, where the station was kept tidy. The trucks, you know, we clean the trucks. Uh, of course, you know, uh, upstate in New York, we do parades. Uh, different counties do parades, man. So, like, when we're getting ready to do a parade detail on a truck, man, I mean, we strip that we strip that baby down to nothing. Clean everything, shine it up, put it back on. You know, uh, that's where my love for, for tire shine came from and all this other stuff because it's, that's what, it's what I, I saw. It's how I was brought up. Um, you know, anything my parents owned, and not just the fire department, anything my parents owned, man, you know, they tell you to take care of it. I mean, stuff's expensive. So that's just where everything came from. If, if I own it or I am in charge of it, I'm going to keep keep everything clean. So that and, you know, a lack of uh, motivation, people just kind of want to sit down and not do anything. And it kind of hit me hard where I, I really wanted to leave. I started looking like, okay, where, where else can I go? Because, like, this is crazy. Where the department I'm on, it's not a volunteer organization. They are paying us to make sure stuff is correct, and it just it just wasn't just wasn't hitting. And so <clears throat> I can't remember who it was. But some a friend of mine put me on a podcast. They're like, "Hey, have you have you ever heard of a podcast?" And I was like, "No, uh, I don't. I mean, I've heard of it, but I, yeah, I, I don't listen to it." And they're like, "Listen to this one," and it was uh, "Fit to Fight Fire" with the trio of John Spera, uh, Craig Stalloway, and Tom Johnson before the split. And I remember listening to episode one, and the first thing that grabbed you, or that grabbed me, was you know, would you want you rescue you? And it's like shit like that's deep like you know and it's honest because in this profession you got to be on it and you know i'm a yankee so i i do curse and i'm sorry if some people are offended but it's just i'm genuine i I keep true to myself but like you don't want to be a shit bag you want to be a fireman where when you get called to, to go to action like you gotta do something about it you can't be like out of shape or struggling to 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 do the task that you're assigned so i started listening to how it was like your physical fitness um your 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 mental health your mental sharpness and how you need to care for the job which i already cared for the job but i started incorporating the the physical fitness portion like i said remember when i started when i started more i was like a buck 25 now i can gladly say i am a buck 84 I've put on a decent amount of muscle. I'm no Mr. Olympia, but I like what I see in the mirror. And uh, all that's due to hard work of getting out, getting up, and going and working out, even when you don't want to. Like, I like what John Sparrow says. You know, he's like, uh, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase this, but if, if you think the way I talk to my, if you think the way, that he talks to other people about giving giving a damn about this job. You should hear how he talks to himself in his mind. And that's me. Like, if you hear whenever I'm like, I don't want to do anything today, the stuff my mind tells me, the stuff that goes through my head, it you, you would call social services. Because it's like, stop being a, a, a punk. Go out there and do it. If you want, 
If you want the results, you got to put in the work. And that's how I view everything from physical fitness to if I want to take a promotional test, I got to put in the time and study. If I want to have a good marriage with my wife, I got to put in the time for a relationship uh, with same thing for my daughter, with my family, with my friends, like anything you want in life. It's nothing comes easy unless you're spoon fed, <coughs> unless you're spoon fed and, um, you know, you come from a rich family, like you got to earn everything that's given. Uh, so I listened to all the, the different guests and I'm like, shit, like this guy's going to do the same thing I'm going through. Okay. So it's not just me. It's not just me that feels this way about certain people I work with or what's going on within the department. So I just kept listening and listening and, and I, I fell in love with it. I love the message. And then, so I started kind of exploring and then I found another one that changed uh, my, my whole mindset and it was three point firefighter with Jake Barnes. And what I really loved about Jake and no offense to um, the uh, 55 fire guys. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I appreciate them all, but with Jake, the way Jake talks, like he curses and he's toned it down a little bit, but he curses. And like I said, I, I like to curse. That's just me. Um, there's a time and a place that you, you need to do it. But to me, I don't know whoever said cursing is, is, is bad. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a form, it's a form of expression. Like, so I have no issues with it. Um, my wife knows it. I try not to do it around my daughter, but when my daughter gets to a certain age and like we start talking, if I drop like an F-bomb on there and she, it's like, I'm just going to tell her there's a time and a place. Okay. I, I it's just, that's just the way, that's just the way I am. But anyways, I like the way Jake talked about how he was, and he, you know, he'll attest to it. He was a lazy piece of shit, and finally, he he had to change his mindset and do something about it because you know the fire service is not forgiving. It doesn't care if you're tired, sick, not feeling it today, uh, under the weather. Like emergencies happen all the time, all the time. And I think if I remember right, it was the thing I heard that said every 30 seconds or either every 30 seconds or every minute, there is a confirmed structure fire within the United States. So fires don't care. They don't care about what your problems, if you're having a bad day, if you got an argument, like nobody cares, suck it up, do the work. Uh, so <clears throat> I listened to those two podcasts religiously and then I've, I've, I, and then I found others, but those two right there, those were my foundation to like, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to change my mindset of how I do things. If I'm going to be out in the bay by myself training, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. If other people come out there and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm doing this. If they want to partake, cool. If they don't, cool too. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to hold your hand. Everybody that works everybody that works in, in, in organizations, you're, you're, you're all adults. You can, you can all make your own choices. Um, well, but it'll... But the results or your, your your work ethic will show when that emergency call comes out. So, <clears throat> you know, I started uh, working out pretty heavy, uh, getting getting in better shape. And then I started, you know, uh, through social media, man, you know, it's always it's great things. You just got to vet it. But there's always different tips and tricks and techniques <clears throat> out there that, uh, you know, you could incorporate into how you do your work. Uh, so like, you know, there's certain things I started looking out like, okay, I can, I started, um, mapping my turnout gear a different way and things of that nature and all that. 
And, uh, you know, I, I just kept listening to, to positive guys, man. I mean, heavy hitters, uh, I call them heavy hitters. But if, you know, if you tell them they're, they're so humble enough, they're like, man, I'm just a regular dude. But, you know, heavy hitters out there that are just trying to spread the good word. So I stumbled upon uh, this, this, I don't know, this ad or whatever, however I found it on social media, but it was, uh, it was called Twisted Fire Industries Carolina Fire Days. And I'm like, Carolina Fire Days, what's that? So I look at it, and it's like a, it's, it's a fire conference. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, uh, <clears throat> I kept reading about it, and then I told my wife, and then uh, I looked at the registration fee, and I was like, mm, like I don't know. And my wife's like, you know, you should go. She's like, it, it's it's probably it's, it's it's related to your job, and if it's related to your job, like just go. Why not? Just pay your own money and just go. So, uh, under her advice, I did it. I was like, screw it, I'm I'm, I'm gonna sign up. And I tell you, man, that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I have to thank my wife for that because she's the one that pushed me because I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't really want to spend the money and she's like no you should like go do it so i attended my first fire conference last year and uh man being surrounded by like-minded people that love the job when you go and talk to them at the table they're telling you things you're like man like yeah this is going on in my department or yeah i got a i got a person that's just like that like what you're describing or yeah these are some of the rules that we got going on too it's kind of crazy right so Man, that th- those four days changed forever. Changed my my whole mindset again, and it made me fall in love with the job again. Because I'm telling you, I was I was at a point where I I, I literally I was looking I was looking for a different a different place to go uh, because I was like I'm I'm just tired I'm just tired of it, and uh, it 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 rejuvenated me. And I vowed, and I came home every day because you know it's it's in my backyard, so. I would drive there and then drive home, uh, back home at night, spend time with my family, and then get up in the morning and go again and, you know, rinse and repeat for the next four days. And every time I came home, I told my wife, I was like, fuck, babe. I was like, it's, this is awesome. The people I'm meeting, the people I'm getting to talk to, this is great. And, you know, I, I thank her for it. And I told her, I said, hey, if, if you don't care, every year I'm going to go. If they're going to do it every year somewhere in Charlotte, I, I'm going because it's literally in my backyard. It takes me 30 minutes to get there. So... Uh, I'm attending again this year. Uh, they have a hell of a, a lineup. He- uh, Joe and Heather Yowler do a great job. I always give them shout outs because it's awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. It's awesome what they're doing, the work that they put in, and the people that they, they, they bring down to, to keep that spark in what I call the one percenters that, that love this job. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It truly is. So... <coughs> Um, yeah, I attended the conference. It was great. I met a bunch of people, took a bunch of pictures because, you know, you got to take the shot because later on in life, you know, when you, it's always good to go look through some pictures and go, yeah, you know, these are really good times. These are really good people. Um, so I started thinking after a while, <clears throat> let me grab this little quick swig here. I started thinking, um, you know what? There's got to be other people out there that are that have gone through or are going through or or are going through the same thing that I was. That are at that breaking point where they're just like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm, re- I'm ready to I'm ready to leave." 
And so I talked to my wife. I'm like, I think I think I want to do a podcast. And she's like, okay. Uh, and I started looking into what it entails and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, it's not that's not bad. I mean, the equipment is very minimal. I don't need much. Uh, I'm not trying to you know turn my house into like a CBS news studio. I just need a mic. <clears throat> I did buy a new computer. I needed a new computer, so I got I got a new MacBook, and uh, I was like, yeah. I'm going to do this. Fuck it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And so I bought everything and then I started looking at who I can contact. And I reached out to some people and, you know, I mean, it history, it, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is now because of the gracious people that when I asked, when I threw myself out there, they said, yeah, man. But then, you know, I always heard, why me? And I'm like, why not you? Because I will say, before I started, I was, people I follow, I try to follow positive people that think like me. So I would follow people that would show their workouts, show their work ethic at work, their the, the brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie, you know, just, just giving a damn about, just keep going. Don't be the guy on the couch. So uh, a lot of people who I follow are people that, you know, I, I believe are, are doing the same thing that I'm trying to push. So I reached out to a good number of people and they said, yeah, and you know, the, the results speak for itself, man. It's been overwhelming. It's been great. I truly appreciate these people who don't know me from Adam where I reach out and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is no scam, no joke. This is what I really want to do. And now I can say with a good number of episodes under my belt, when I reach out, most people don't like question it because I'm like here if you if you if you don't believe me click on this link whether it's Apple or Spotify and you know you could see I, I, I'm I'm a legit person so uh when I was ready to do it I started I, I was like well what am I gonna name it <clears throat> and then you know I thought about like firehouse slogans terms lingos and then I was like well you know what when I go to work every shift I try to learn something new every day and so it just came in my head like student of the game because you are a student of the game. You are a student of the fire service because I can tell you I don't know it all. I'm learning something new every day from different individuals, whether they've been there longer than me or or they're still on you know, they're still the probie. Everybody, if you have something, if you love the service and you have something positive to contribute to it, I want to hear from you. Because it shouldn't matter whether you're on six months or you've got 20 years in. If you care about the job, I believe I want to hear your input, what you got to say, you know, to make the service better. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to call it Student of the Game Fire Podcast. The picture I used, the black and white picture, that is actually me. That was when I was on, uh, I believe I was on Engine 3 at the time. That was on a gas leak. We had an active gas leak and I was a... Uh, I was I was the man on the line, um, so yeah, that is actually me, and I was like, that's that's the picture I'm gonna use, um, <clears throat> and so I yeah, it, 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 everything speaks for itself, and it's 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 um, it's how the podcast you know was was created, and I truly am truly am thankful for um, people that when I've reached out, they've said yes. Uh, I'm not in it for <clears throat> any sort of monetary gain. Um, I'm, I'm just here so I can interview people. I love talking shop. I love hearing how different departments operate. Uh, 
you know, and I've said it before on my other uh, pod, you know, my other episodes. I I'm a huge fire nerd. I watch fire, what I call fire porn, on YouTube. Year end review videos. Everybody knows by now. I'm anything PG, anything DC, FDNY, up north, Maryland, uh, on West Coast, Stockton, um, down south, or you know, Orlando, uh, Tampa, Miami Dade, um, Wichita, Kansas, and I'm sorry if I leave uh, areas out, but you know, uh, uh, those those are the areas that that's what I watch, and so I'm always looking for the, the newest thing or a department I've never heard of. So you know, if you, if you know one that's kick ass, badass, send me an email and or drop me a message on social media, and, and I'll, I'll check it out. But I love the fire service. Um, I truly believe that what it's given to me, I can never repay back. So this is kind of my way of repaying back to what's given me so much. Uh, I can tell you I've seen a lot of stuff doing this, whether it was volunteer or career. And to me, it doesn't matter because it's the same thing. Whether you're a volunteer or you're a career fireman, you're seeing and running the same calls Granted, it might be on a smaller scale depending on where you're at, and it might be on a grander scale. So, but it's the same cause. It's the same type of uh, uh, incidences that you know you're gonna run regardless. And um, uh, I think back of everything it's given me. Um, My mom. My mom passed away ten years ago from cancer, and she hated the fact that I did it. She hated the fact that she got me into it. But it, it was one of those things. It was like a gift and a curse. Uh, because um, going, watching my mom go through, uh, my mom went through two rounds. Uh, or she had, I, I don't know. When, yeah, I guess I could call them rounds. Um, she was diagnosed with uh, a form of lung cancer. And she's never smoked a day in her life. And uh, she beat it the first time. And watching her go through that, being there for her, having certain individuals during that time when I was going through that time, because I, I, I was on Morsel, um, really showed me like how 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 truly great the fire service is. And um, I'll bring I'll bring an example. Uh, at the time when my parents moved down here. Um, they 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 moved into the in Mooresville city limits. They lived in a subdivision called Cherry Grove, and it was an engine ones at the time. It was engine ones first due. So I I was at the station where if something happened to my parents' house, I'd be first due. Uh, and we did we did have a couple incidences not at my house, but in the subdivision. You know, we had the big Cherry Grove fire, and I remember my dad looking in the crowd and seeing my dad there, and he's watching what I'm doing, and he just has a look of like shit, like. What, what, this is what he does for a living. And I remember when I, I walked up to him during a break and he was like, be careful, okay? Be careful. I'm like, yeah, dad, like, I'm good. I got it. Appreciate you. But yeah, this, this is the job. But um, when my mom was going through cancer, uh, chemo and all that, uh, my, dad had, my dad had to work and he worked evenings. And uh, so we kind of like set up the house where my mom had everything she needed without having to move too much but there were some times where she needed something and my dad worked all the way in charlotte and couldn't leave work and i remember she called me she'd be like hey uh you know i kind of need this right now and i'm like 
all right, um, I'll try to get to you. And my captain at the time, I'm going to drop his name because, you know, everybody has mixed, everybody gets mixed reviews when when you drop a name of a person. But to me, uh, and everybody has quirks about them and whatnot, but uh, my captain at the time, his name was Greg Parsons. And uh, I told my captain, I said, hey, uh, you know, I told him what was going on. He, He knew. And I was like, man, my mom just called. She needs this. Do, do you mind if, if I, I can go? And he was like, yeah. He's like, take the pickup. Just keep your radio on and go. Do what you got to do. And um, as long as we were full, he'd let me go in the pickup by myself. And if we weren't, he'd, he'd be like, fuck it, get in the truck. And we'd take the whole truck. We'd take the whole company out there. And um, uh, when you're watching an individual go through chemo, sometimes, you know, chemo messes with, your 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 taste and and affects how like everything I remember my mom used to say everything tasted metallic in uh in her mouth due to chemo except for one thing uh vanilla ice cream and so sometimes that's all she could eat is was vanilla ice cream that's all she would be able to to hold down and when she didn't have it she'd call and it's it never fails it's always whenever you're on shift and so she call she'd call and be like hey you know my dad's at work and can, can, can I get this? And I'd, I'd look at my cat and he's like, go, you're good, dude. Like, this, this is your mom. Your mom brought you into this world. Uh, go, like, go take care of it. And I did. And through thick and thin, man, uh, during that time when I was under, uh, when, when, when Captain Parsons was, was, was my captain, we, uh, we went through it all. Like when she beat it the first time and she was in remission and then when it, when it, when it came back and, uh, yeah, that second time is when, uh, when my mom couldn't fight anymore. She, she fought as hard as she could, but at the end, you know, uh, it, it, it got her. But I remember when we had to transition to, uh, uh, getting her ready to take her to hospice. I was on shift. My dad called. He's like, man, things ain't looking good. And we showed up. And fucking Greg, man, Greg picked my mom up and got her on the gurney. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. If anybody knows Greg Parsons, I don't know if he listens to this, but make sure he listens to this episode. Because Greg, I'll I'll never fucking forget what you did for me. Never. Ever. People can say what they want, but Greg, you you, you had a good fucking heart, man. And uh, I remember watching you pick up my mom and and, and put her on that gurney. And uh, yeah. That, that shit meant a lot. It meant a lot to me. And uh, my mom eventually passed away. And, uh, you know, during the funeral, the, the whole department kind of roved through um, and, you know, said their condolences and whatnot. But, like, uh, to me, it the fire service shouldn't come together like that because of, a, because of a death. Like, we should always be like that with each other. But, unfortunately, sometimes that's not the case. That's not how the service is. Um, you have some people that are in it for themselves. I mean, you know, there's bad apples in every in every industry of this business. But uh, the fire service should, should be a family, you know. And not only that, but we should actually care for the people that we serve. We should care how we're training. We should care how our physical fitness is. Because at the end of the day, like... You know, I've said it before, this job can kill you. It definitely can. But 
if you could do something about it, why not? And I'm not taking away from people that aren't married or don't have kids, but if you have a wife and a kid or kids and your health, your physical fitness, your training is not where it needs to be, like I look at it as that's a failure to them. And I'm not knocking you. I'm not trying to throw shade. Like I said, I keep it I keep it a buck. I keep it real. But if your family doesn't motivate you to want to be good at this job, then fuck. Like, seriously, what are you doing? What are you doing? When I, before I leave and I kiss my wife and my little girl goodbye, like, I want to come back home. And granted, that's not, it's, life's not guaranteed. And that's one thing I believe since I've been doing this, the shit that I've seen, the situations I've been involved in, it's it's kind of, I'm not trying to say like I'm macho about it, but like I'm to the point now where if I die doing my job, like I'm, I don't want to, it's kind of like I'm okay with it because I've seen death and I've seen what death does. And one thing that sits with me is, you know, I can I can do what I do physically fit, fit physically fitness wise to, to keep myself, you know, healthy and whatnot. But you don't know the cards you're dealt. Like you could be the, in the best shape of your life and have, have kept that. And all of a sudden you go to a, 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 an annual physical and a doctor tell you, hey, you, you have cancer. That's uncurable. Or you got this or that. So we're all on borrowed time. I try to make the best of it. And especially losing my neighbor and my mom, it just shows you that tomorrow's not promised. So why not give it your all while you're here? And... um. So that's that's pretty much why I I I have I have a strong passion for it. Like I'm very passionate about it and some people might not like it. Um I have standards that I feel like should be met because you know, they're always we're always comparing ourselves or saying the fire department's paramilitary, which I agree to an extent. We we are we are ish in a way. There's there's some departments that say they are, but the their actions or the way they do things is not how the military would would, would would be because, you know, there's certain things like chain of command. You need to go to this person, to this person, that person to get what you need. But, um, you know, if, if, if we're calling ourselves paramilitary, man, like soldiers are, are like I've never, and, I, and like I said, I, I don't want to offend anybody if you're listening, but I've never seen an out of shape, an out of shape soldier. Like, they're all dialed in, physically fit, and, you know, we we also like to throw the term out there, tactical athletes, and I believe we are. We are tactical athletes, and we need to train and work out in, in, in such a manner. And like I said, I'm not trying to say you need to go out there and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but damn, like, if you can't see your belt buckle when you put your, you know, when you know, when you put your class A on, uh, to me that's a problem. Like, y- you need to address that. And um, 
and and every individual is different, you know. It, it to me, it's it's all on what you want. Like I know what I want because here's the thing: whenever we go to public events, I'm telling you the 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 community that you're serving, they're looking at you. They're they're looking at who will be responding to their emergency. And whether you like it or not, shows like Chicago Fire and things like that, like they show decently shaped firemen. And to me, you can't be you can't be huffing and puffing after you just took the 28 off the truck and you threw it and you're gassed. Like that's a problem for you and that's also a problem for your coworkers, your crew. You're putting us at, at risk or at danger because if something happens and you go down, we got to get you out now. So I just want people to realize that to me, it's, 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 it's not a game. We need to be on it. We need to be, we need to be on our P's and Q's when it, when it comes to that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm real big on that. I'm also real big on, uh, it took me 15 years to promote. And I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. Everybody should go at their own pace. But at the time, man, I loved being a backstep. I loved learning things. Uh, and then finally, you know, um, with my volunteer department, I, I started driving and um, doing things of that nature. So I got into that aspect, and which is why I I love the, the engineer's position, like a true engineer's position. I love the driver's role, but I also take that seriously. And I believe that, it's more than just running up and down the road with lights and sirens. You got to know the truck. You got to know how the truck operates. You also need to be aware of the people that you're driving around. They have families too. And your actions can, or the way I should say is, you need to be precise on your actions because you don't want to do anything that can cause injury or harm, especially to your crew and especially to the people that, you know, we are protecting. You know, God forbid you get into a, a T-bone wreck because you blew through a light because you think you have the right-of-way because you got a fire truck going lights and sirens, man. You got to check up on them intersections. You got to look around. And um, I, I, I always take it hard whenever we get new firemen that want to come in and the first thing they want to do is, well, I kind of want to learn how to pump. Nah, bro. How about you learn how to pull that cross lay, or you learn how to be a fireman first? And I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not making fun at people. I'm not trying to be mean, but you, you got to learn the job of a fireman first before you can worry about anything about those two front, those two seats up front. That, that's just, that's just the way I look at it. I mean, my, my, my fireman that I work with, he'll tell you. That's, that's what I told him. I say, hey man, take everything I'm telling you with a grain of salt. You can tell me to go fuck off. If you don't like it, but you need to be, you need to learn how to be a fireman first. And then you can worry about the pump and all that other stuff. And then, you know, if, yeah, you want to be a captain and all that good stuff, that's awesome. But we got people that'll jump from quickly from rank to this to that. And it's like, damn, bro, like you, you, you haven't experienced, you haven't got to experience the job of, of, of being in the back. Cause that's a, that's another big responsibility, man. Cause your actions or your your uh, your actions or lack thereof, man, that it sets the whole tempo for the crew and the incident. Cause like if you can't pull a crosslay, man, you know, and you get back, your captain's gonna look bad. And I, I don't know about you, I'm not a company officer, but I'm pretty sure no captain wants to 
have their firemen make them look bad, you know, on a call, especially when it's like a, a, a true emergency, like a structure fire or something. You don't want to pull that cross off and it be a pile of spaghetti. And then now you're either having to fiddle through one by one, trying to find a nozzle, or you just say, screw it. And you go pull another cross leg because that one's all jacked up. Nobody, nobody wants to be that way. Uh, so that's just my take on it. I, I'm truly passionate about the driver's position. I, I, I aspire to be a driver, a true driver. So right now I got the best of both worlds. I'm a relief driver. And then whenever I'm not driving, I, I'm in the back. But some of the guys I work with know like he truly loves to drive. I, I truly love taking care of the rig. First thing in the morning, man, I look at the rig. And if it's not up to my standards, I, I make it up to my standards. I clean it. I apply that tire shine. Like I said, that's my signature. If you see, if you come through Moore's and you see a, a, a ladder truck or if, if I get timed out on an engine or something, and you see that thing shining with tire shine. No, that's me. That's my calling card. That's that's the love I have because you, you got to take care of your equipment. If you don't take care of your equipment, who the fuck's going to do it for you? That equipment's important. You got to make sure it's running top notch. Um, so that's my, that's my little spiel. Um, uh, kind of hit on a couple other things. Uh, uh, if you are a company officer, and I'm not, but um, I'm not saying I, I never want to be one. But as of right now, that's that's not that's not my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I love being a backstep, and I love driving. Like like I said, you know, to, to me, driving is it's about positioning, knowing the truck, knowing the rig. Knowing how to be a good engineer, making sure your officer and your fireman, if they turn around, they're like, hey, I need a hal. Oh, yep, babe, the Halligan's right there. Like, you, you got to be on it. You can't just stay at the pump panel. You got to be you got to be a jack of all trades when, you, when, when you're an engineer. But besides that, as far as company officers, man, company officers, I believe they um, you can set the tone of, 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 of your firehouse. If your department's not up to par, if if things aren't going great, if 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 we're if we're riding a, a, a storm or or, or or we're going through a hurricane with crap going on, company officers set the foundation, set the tone, man. So just just know you, you, your guys, mo- most of them, uh, are looking at how you are, and um, hopefully, if if you're if you're lacking in that department, you have a a person on your crew that's like, hey. Okay, I don't know what's going on with this individual, but nah, we're going to set the tone here. We're going to do this, that, and the other. Um, listen to your guys or gals. Uh, be, be, be open-eared. Be empathetic. If you, uh, if you, if you have bugles on, on your collar, man, don't think you're like above us. Uh, learn. Because uh, you know, there's there there's things I learned from firemen that had you know that that have been on a year. Like humility, humility goes a long way. <clears throat> Care about the job, and please, if you just my 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 thoughts and opinions on it. If you are going to be, if you want to be a company officer, please do it for the right reasons. The the reasons of because it comes with more money. Like, nah, that's that that ain't it. I mean, yeah, who, who doesn't want more money? But if that's your soul, your reasoning for wanting to be a company officer, man, you need to do some soul searching because that's not it. You should, you should want to be a company officer to make your department or your crew good, great, better than you. Um, 
So yeah, if you guys are out there training, and I understand you guys have paperwork and stuff you got to do, I totally get it, 100%. But sometimes, you know, you can put that on the back burner for a little bit, be out there with you guys, see what they're doing. If they're in gear, you need to be in gear. That's just me. That's just my my thoughts and opinions. You, I, I, like I tell you, like I tell my fireman, you could you could take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Tell me to fuck off. I'm like, all right, cool. But you, you gotta be you gotta be in there with your with your people. Um. So yeah, just kind of kind of give a damn about the job because there's a lot of responsibility on company officers and. Um, Hopefully, hopefully you're in it. Hopefully you're in with the the latest, the latest information out there, the latest uh, training methods, uh, things of that nature. Um, so that's 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 all I've got for that. And um, chief officers, my, my my take on it is be be uh, open to communicate. Communicate with the men and women that 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 work that work for you. Uh, don't forget where. Where you came from. Don't forget what it's like being one of the guys. If possible, if possible at all, if you got some free time, man, hop on a truck with these guys. Go on a call with them. Like, I mean, you would be amazed how much that goes a long way. And how much you might go, shit, I I didn't realize how much I missed this. Because times have changed. A little bit, you know, uh, when back when you were on a truck, you know, things have changed. I mean, you got some departments, some stations, man, you, your guys are getting beat down. So as long as that crew's top notch and they're taking care of the station and the equipment, if you come by and, you know, they're kind of sitting in the recliners just chilling, as long as everything, as long as that crew has that, um, as long as they're known for being on top of things, getting it done, don't don't kind of get on them for that because like there's some long nights that you might not unfortunately know because you know you work eight to five, you go home, you might turn that radio off or whatnot or or the page. I, I don't know, but you know the some of these crews, man, they're t- some of these guys I talk to, not just in my department, but some of these guys I talk to, man, they're they're running couple thousand calls a year and they know after 10 o'clock man it's on so uh don't forget what it's like being one of the boots on the ground and if like i said if you have time the biggest thing if 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 you can show up to a your training ground and throw some ladders or stretch some hose put some put your gear on with the guys and gals i'm telling you that shit goes a long way but i mean some of you you might not want to hear that you know you might be like who am i you're right who am i i'm just i'm just a guy out here who who's trying to set the tone and trying to set out a positive message that's all i'm doing um you know that the saying you're um uh damn i had it in my head i'm gonna butcher it um uh you're never a prophet in your in your own land or in your own department that's true i'm sure there's Individuals, and I'm going to use these people as examples. <clears throat> I'm sure there's individuals that don't really like Aaron Fields and what he's trying to push, or um, Jason Janitas, uh, uh, the Shane Bentleys of the world, uh, Kevin Flugers, Tom Hollicks, uh, Alex Plutos, James Denny's. I'm sure there's people that don't like seeing individuals 
pushing a good message because it's like, who are you? And you're right. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? To me, they're the one percenters. They're the ones that are trying to create buy-in. They're, they're the ones that are trying to get other people to love this job the way we do. <coughs> and I get it. Not everybody's going to love the job the way you do. But if you can create or foster that environment where people like at least they, they, they when they're there that they care for the station, the rigs, training, the people that they serve, man, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling than that. And um, I'm going to kind of switch gears and talk about the Chief Scott Thompsons, the Jason Hovelmans, the Corley Moores. Um, I don't know Stockton's fire chief, but damn, uh, sir or ma'am, kudos. Fuck, jam up. I love seeing what Stockton's doing. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the chief officers out there, the, um, you know, chief officers out there, Shannon Stones, DJ Stone, um, guys like that who are chief officers, hold high ranking positions, but never forget what it's like being one of the men and women. I applaud you because we need more individuals like you. Brian Brushes, David Rhodes, we need Mark Alones, we need people like that. Uh, we need firemen to start elevating in different ranks to turn into individuals like whom I mentioned. Because when you, there's no greater feeling for me as a fireman when you have a kick-ass fire chief that understands, that is compassionate, humble, and is willing to listen to somebody that's quote-unquote underneath them. But like... Like if, if you can go up to your fire chief privately, of course, on a one-on-one conversation, be like, hey, chief, you know, I really feel like we should do it this way or why did you do it this way and not take it to heart, actually listen to what the individual has to say, absorb it, and then go, damn, you know what? He's right. He may not, he, he's not a chief officer. He's not under my, he's not in my immediate command staff, but what he's saying, he's right. Like, I'm telling you, humility goes a long way. Do not forget where you came from. Or just because if that's the way it was done to you, don't continue doing that to the for, for future generations. It's just a perpetual vicious cycle. And why not break that cycle? But the chiefs that I mentioned before, man, they, they, they're breaking the cycle. They are enlightening others inspiring others to go, hey, if, I, if I'm able to reach that pinnacle of being a chief officer for a whatever organization or department, I want to run it like this. There's, there, there's, no, there's no greater feeling than that. And you're going to attract people that want to be there. And um, lastly, if you, as a chief officer, if you have individuals that you see are not engaged, find out why. Find out what's going on within your department. And, you know, certain departments are huge and some are small. But if you're small enough where you still know everybody's name, carve out some time, whether it's going to the stations or, hell, doing like on a Friday, doing a Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever you're using, a video web interface. Talk to the guys. Find out what's going on, what they need. I'm telling you, that stuff goes a long way. It goes a long way. 
Because we have chief officers that are doing that. Why can't you? Why can't you do that if you're not doing it? Um, lastly, that's... Uh, I kind of said lastly last time. But uh, anywho's, um, that's it. That's really my spiel. Um, I kind of gave you the little dirt, nit and gritty of how I got started, why I, why I started it. And my end goal is to just keep doing what I'm doing. So like I say, that at the end of every episode, if you know anybody, because I mean... I try to do some reaching out research, follow people, but you know, there's so many people out there, you know, I, I can't do it all. But if you know people, shoot them my way. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, DM me, e- email me. Let me know because I, I, I love hearing the, 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 the positive feedback that I've gotten from people that I don't know that are telling me, hey man, I listened to this. It, it resounded with me. Thank you. Continue doing what you're doing. You're doing good things for the fire service. I appreciate it. That's that's my gift. I'm not an instructor. Um, I don't teach classes. Um, I give shout outs and kudos to instructors that do, whether it's live burn, any type of instructor. If you're instructing students to get better at this, man, I, I think you to me, you're doing a, a bigger job than I am because all I'm doing is sitting behind a computer talking to people, trying to spread the good word. And I'm not saying I can't instruct, but I'm not an instructor. I, I stay within my, my, my wheelhouse or as... Chief Ike says, I stay in my lane. That, that's what I do. I stay in my lane. And I love people like Chief Ike. People like Chief Ike, I'm sure there are individuals out there who don't like Chief Ike's message or what he's or what he's promoting. I mean, let, let's just be real with each other. You're, you're not always going to be able to get 100% buy-in. But I like the fact that he knows that and he keeps going. And for what I call the one percenters that listen in on what Chief Ike's doing, like, yeah, let's just, let's just keep going. Let's keep doing it. So, um, like I said, I just kind of wanted to give the audience a little brief uh, breakdown of me, my thoughts, my opinions. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just a brown guy who, uh, who loves fire service, man. And yeah, I, I said it, that's, that's my nickname. That's my trademark. That's what I go by. I feel like in this day and age, man, when everything is so sensitive, that's how I introduce myself to people, to break the ice, to, to, to get a chuckle and laugh because shit, man, you can't, you can't take life too seriously. You got you to be able to live it up. And so, yeah, um, if my chief would let me, I'd, I'd, I'd get brown guys sewn on the back of my jacket. I'm sure HR wouldn't like it, but yeah, whatever. That's me. That's, 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 that's how I go. Um, I, I, I always have that resting bitch face where people think I'm unapproachable, but man, if, if you ever see me out and you want to talk stuff, man, like I, I'm all game. That's, 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 that's what I love to do. So, um, I continue to appreciate every individual listener out there. Any, uh, any person that's allowed me to share for that has allowed me to share their story. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, what uh, the future of the fire service has to bring. So uh, I appreciate you all listening and um, y'all stay safe. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.